for coming. Um, I'm Aria Dean. I'm assistant curator of NetArt Digital Culture here at Rhizome. Um, and this is Cece Moss, if you don't know her. <laughs> I think many of you do. Um, yeah, thanks for coming to have a little yeah, moment to celebrate this book. If you didn't see it here or there, it is here and there. Um, expanded internet art. Um, we're just going to talk a little bit like casually about um, yeah, what is in here and I don't know how it relates to just yeah, what we, what we do here, what you've been doing overall. Um, and then I think we'll open it up to questions like informally and yeah. And then the, I guess this is also going to be a podcast. Yes. Yeah, so this is also so this is for I did forget to, I was told to say this and I immediately forgot. Um, <laughs> it is being recorded for the sporadic Rhizome podcast, which is called Rhizome Raw, but sometimes also called Rhizome Rare. It's unclear what it's called. Um, but yeah, we've been we've done a few episodes so far. This will be I think the what, the third episode? The fourth Four, episode? Four. Fourth episode. Um, and well, so you can listen. Okay. okay, what? Okay. <laughs> but you can get it where you get your podcasts. Uh, Spotify, Apple, Spotify? No, okay, sorry. I'm just falsely advertising. <laughs> Um, no, but you can listen to it on Apple uh, Music and also on SoundCloud, and yeah, it will be, it's on our Twitter, you know, whatever. So, um, but yeah, so thank you for being here, and thank you, Cece, for being here. It's exciting to get to talk to you about this book, um, and also just having known you, like, for a few years, just yeah. from, like, around LA, and then also just, like, you know, around, like, the sort of Rhizome community. Um, it's really exciting that you've done this. So I'm just going to, like, lob some broad-based questions your way. Um, but I guess first I wanted to just ask you, like, how did you come to, like, wanting to write this book specifically after doing all the work that you'd done um, around these topics? And, like, yeah, could you just talk about the process a bit um, and how you came to, to this? Yeah, so I, this book basically started at, um, as my PhD dissertation at NYU. Um, and I was here working at Rhizome uh, when I started that program. Um, and uh, I think one of the interesting things about it is that it's a project that really came out of like organic conversations within my community. And like um, I talk about this thing, the acknowledgments, but I um, often people write books like it's a very solitary project process, you know? So often I was like looking at other authors like acknowledgments sections and it's like, I wanna thank the archive librarian who's the only person I talked to for you know like four years but actually this is something that came out of like like doing studio visits with artists like being in community and I'm really I just want to start out by saying that I have a lot of gratitude about that and I'm really sort of thankful uh, for the time I was here at Rhizome and then also the community I was engaged with when I was in New York um, uh, where this kind of sort of grew grew out of that time. Um, but then I um, started um, uh, my PhD program at NYU in 2008. So you can imagine like sort of like the sort of space of the scene at that point. Um, and so I think um, in some ways, um, I was last uh, last night I was talking at Pratt and I was talking about how um, this is kind of maybe like recent art history. And I'm like, is that a category? Do we need to like start having like, you know, a magazine issues dedicated to recent art history? Because it's like, it's, uh, it's, it seems like there's some distance, but it also seems really close to. You know, obviously, there's a lot of conversations in, in, in New York during that period about like post-internet art. Um, I was um, uh, sort of thinking of, uh, about that as well, um, but also it just seemed like the sort of conversations around that needed a little bit more um, 
uh, a little bit more depth and rigor. And so I think that initially, like we're talking, you know, like a couple first, my first year, for few years in graduate school, um, feeling like a, there needed to be need uh, for something that's a little bit more um, in depth and comprehensive and, and sort of um, uh, rigorous in terms of our history as well. So that's those. That's kind of the early story of it. And then, um, uh, yeah. And then Francisco Ricardo, who's the um, who's the series editor for this for this whole series, reached out to me um, actually while I was in LA. So I moved to LA in 2016, and he's like, "Hey, you know, would you be interested in publishing this as a book?" And I'm like, "Of course, yeah, that sounds great." And so, and then it kind of just became a book from from there. So. So how did you sort of, like, you talk about, you know, sort of being in New York at that time and, like, sort of, see, that seems like sort of the epicenter of this yeah. for you, but, like, how did you calibrate the scope of what you wanted to approach in the, in the books? I feel like, it, you know, it's kind of thing where, like, it could just, like, spin out and, you know, oh, yeah. and, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, um, so one of the things that was sort of happening is, um, uh, so obviously artists were starting to create work that both, was both online and offline, and also you see the rise of social media. I think I give this, like, timeline, I might even have it, like, here are my <laughs> notes of all the things that, like, you know, Friendster 2002, MySpace 2003, Facebook 2004, YouTube 2005, Twitter 2006, and then 2007, you have like iPhone where you can actually like have all these things on your phone. So you can imagine that totally shifts how people are thinking about the internet, not as like, you know, this, um, uh, and especially as artists, like how do you engage with the space as like, as, as the sort of culture becomes so much more um, engaged with that space. Um, so um, I think that what was happening um, in, um, and, and this has appeared a lot of, also a lot of people in this room sort of lived through too so I know it's a little bit um, like <laughs> yes I know I was there um, but um, <laughs> but it's also you know I think um, first of all you saw um, a, a number of artists um, you know sort of trying to engage with sort of like the um, sort of amateur vernacular um, production um, on the web and seeing sort of an artistic conversation there um, but you also saw a lot of artists sort of experimenting um, and thinking about like internet-based work as something that lives beyond the screen um, and I know that seems like really obvious now but I think during that period it was still like a, there were a lot of internet artists who were like, no, you make a website and that's where that's what it is. So um, um, I think that this was an effort to like really kind of qualify those conversations in a different way. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, one thing that I thought was really interesting in what I have read of it so far um, is like, and maybe it's not as important as I'm making it out to be, but I thought it was very interesting because it's something that I think we've thought about a lot, a lot at Rhizome and also just I constantly am sort of thinking about on my own as well. This sort of question of like, and it's I think involved in what you're saying right now, like, the sort of question of like internalizing and thematizing oh, yeah. the, yeah, the internet within the work. And I think like, could you talk a bit about, I guess, how you view those two modes and if that, whether or not that figures prominently in, in the book and sort of like, yeah, what, like, I guess I mean, even talking about artworks that do one or the other or that do both and like how that figures into this framework. And maybe also for people who, I feel like everyone is familiar with what's that, but maybe you can sort of give a brief spiel on figuring or talk about the framework of expanded internet art, just like what that sort of, like it's like a like an elevator pitch of like what that. Oh means yeah, I mean, no. it's on the back of the book probably. Yeah, too. and I think I even have it like let's see where for our is it? Reader, okay, our so listeners my, at home. Our listeners are our listeners at home. Um, but yeah, no, I think well, there's a couple questions there. So yeah, like so, the first one yeah. is like internalizing and thematizing. Yeah. So, um, sort of one of the other, and this is not just in this book. This isn't part of like if you're talking about internet-based work. 
regardless, but um, sort of thinking about medium, right? Um, and so to, so that was, I think that was kind of the um, tension, I guess, happening during this period that I'm talking about is that um, sort of artists were making work about the internet. So they weren't like building websites from scratch. That's their medium. I'm an internet-based mm -hmm. artist. I can code. I'm making this website and that's my work, right? Um, these are a number of artists who are like relying on platforms to create their work, right? Um, and then I think one of the sort of tensions that happened during that period too is that it's like what kind of, how are you being critical? of this space if you don't know how to code and you don't know how to build a website from scratch. Um, so, um, and I think the artists that I'm talking about in this book are like, uh, well, we want to respond to the space within that space and it seems like it makes sense to like, you know, do a YouTube project or whatever um, in order to kind of have that conversation. And that, in a way, is maybe like the, the, the thematizing and internalizing, mm -hmm. in a way, like the, both, yeah. of, both of those modes. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other, the other kind of question? Um, <laughs> what like, did I say? I was, yeah, I was rambling. I said, uh, oh, oh, could you give a sort of elevator pitch, pitch of on, what expanded? Yeah, yeah. What that well, so so the other so there's like two key terms in this text. There's um, like there's expanded internet art and informational milieu. So those are like in the title. Um, <laughs> Chuck. Uh, and so with expanded internet art, I'm thinking about kind of internet art um, uh, as, as it is, and, and allowing internet art to be defined like outside of that sort of medium conversation, mm -hmm. obviously. So things that um, surf, drift, um, one of the examples um, I talk about, which is an example everyone in this room I'm pretty sure is pretty familiar with, is Artie Verkan's image object series, right? So like, um, you know, he's um, creating images, um, he's um, like printing them onto prints, putting them in a gallery, and then documenting that, and then using that documentation to, to, to then keep other prints so it's like where is the work and where does the internet fit into that when he's trying to think about like how images are circulating widely and uh, sort of what the argument I'm making which is an argument that like Seth Price has made and other people have made as well and I want to acknowledge that but like that the artwork is actually sort of existing in the space of drift mm -hmm. um, and so that is um, and and that's also very much kind of um, in in um, in the in the vein of how a lot of artists are working um, and even now you know to talk about the present it doesn't it doesn't even seem like it needs to be something that is discussed because it's so ubiquitous Mm. Um, but I think at the time there just needed it just felt like um, there should be a space of uh, there should th these things should be qualified a little bit more and then the other t key term is the informational milieu which is something that comes from Ter um, Tiziana Terranova's book Network Culture which I read in grad school and would like blew my mind um, uh, but uh, so she's great and like that but that but also I think what um, sort of what she offered was sort of thinking about the milieu um, as like basically a total restructuring of culture so that um, um, so that things like data can be captured um, more easily and so like how do you produce work when you are fully aware of that and then reading these artists who are producing this way like seeing it not as like sort of a commentary necessarily on medium but like a response to a more informational culture so like how do I create an object how do I sort of um, or, or not create an object or something that's in between these places knowing it's like fully well like how our world is being completely redesigned mm -hmm. to be like to be uh, like a surface for capture essentially mm -hmm. um, and so that's sort of where that and so when I was reading and like uh, reading um, her book I was just like oh this explains so much of what you know yeah. I'm seeing in the conversations that I'm in you yeah. know well I'm curious what do you think about I mean, I'm gonna skip to the my sort of like where is the work now or a version of that question because I think that like something that I've been really interested in is sort of the to me quite obvious thing like that yeah that's how information is circulating that's how culture is operating but then I think you know shifting to think about contemporary art for a moment the sort of like what appears to me to be an utter lack of attention to that fact like we can talk about sort of like the drift or the sort of like like, like sort of um, ease with the understanding of like that something is everywhere well, like I think like I think now in art there's almost like this like shift back in the other direction where it's like people are very much like ah here's my painting of a figure <laughs> and like a you know and, and, and there's kind of 
this cognitive dissonance, I think, and maybe, the, I don't know if this has been, is particularly compelling to you at the moment, but I've been kind of obsessively, like, thinking about that. Like, what is, like, what, why is there this huge gap between, like, yeah, how information is circulating, how the art, art talks about information and, you know, like, signs and, like, representation or whatever, but also when we just had a moment that very, was, like, a moment in art that was very clearly thinking through that, you know? I don't know if you have any feelings on that. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, the, the latter part of the book is actually sort of more critical of um, sort of expanded internet art and talks about, it has this term called, like, the image catalyst, and I talk about how um, a lot of, um, a lot of these works are not being critical of how the attention economy is operating, mm-hmm. um, and, like, maybe something we should see is, um, or something I would like is that this kind of practice should sort of engage with that and mm-hmm. think about sort of how sort of, um, so they the exceptionally commercial space that the internet is and then like how do you create so how do you if you're already creating um things that can sort of drift and and be realized and are sort of designed for this space then how can you do that in a way that's really thoughtful about how the attention economy is working Mm -hmm. essentially um and so i think in the present um i still think there's a request for that you know Mm -hmm. i think there's still a need for that and um um uh because i think we are so things are just um so internalized in a way to Mm -hmm. use your your terminology that like people are, are, are like oh of course you just use platforms and that's what they are but right. you're not like so in, in in that instance too it also might be helpful again to even go back to like the 90s and thinking about sort of mm-hmm. the critical position that a lot of internet artists were mm-hmm. in that space and maybe there is some need to kind of um, sort of teach artists to actually learn how to like right, how right. the technology they yeah. rely on actually is built up do you think are there any projects that like since maybe yeah like in the last few years that you feel model uh not that not that you're be, not that you're being prescriptive about it, but the, do do you see anything that models a you know productive and interesting to you like relationship to the internet and includes that attention economy element where it's like critically aware. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, 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 no. I'm just like, I'm like, like, there's so many things. (laughs) I also been thinking a lot about like AI and images too, Mm -hmm, and like how you sort of have a conversation about that. Like, so the ImageNet Roulette piece that, Mm -hmm. like, so obviously that's a website, but and also like creates a whole conversation about kind of the bias and as it exists in AI. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that was a really interesting, and and then also like all of all the people who are engaging with that project were like posting their pictures that had like Mm -hmm. the sort of problematic text that was created on the database. Do you see what I'm saying? So. I just feel like um, that uh, that project I thought was like pretty interesting in terms of like how because that's a whole other conversation because the other thing too just like the internet has changed a lot even from 2015 when yeah, I finished absolutely. my PhD and then even when I was like you know editing and, and going through this for for a book form um, so I think that like where we're going mm-hmm. like I think that we will be relying more on like machine learning and that's those sorts of things and so like having um, like I, like what would an image catalyst look like in that space right, you know right. what I'm saying and so yeah. Or sorry, go on. No, go for it. I say, did you find it difficult? I guess that brings up like sort of a problem of like dealing with recent history, like a constant need to like catch up to like you know you've got your writing's history, but then like it keeps changing as you're writing it. And like, did you find that you had to like do a lot of rewriting to sort of like yeah keep up with what, what had been happening and keep the lens that you sort of used contemporary I, I mean I, when I was approached to realize this is a book I was you know like I was saying it's like recent art history I think it exists as a document mm-hmm. and I think it's helpful for that period too and I hope it's of use to scholars who are, are teaching this subject um, but I didn't want to like totally overhaul it to yeah, talk about yeah. the present because by the time I would finish it it would probably be four <laughs> years down the line and it would be yeah. totally outdated so yeah. I'm comfortable with this right, being right. what it is yeah. you know I think yeah I think it's cool because it's like it's <laughs> as much in history as the stuff it's talking about it's like still situated in a time it's not trying to get like outside of it be like this is the definitive like forever history of 
this topic. Well, there's no forever history yeah. of the internet. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One could say, like, oh, I'm just going to write a book that's a history of post-internet and, like, have a different framework but still call it that. But I think it's interesting that you've moved outside of it. So if you could talk about, I guess, like, the tension around that, like, word a little bit I guess. yeah no I talked about this in the introduction too I'm like I know like even what was happening when I was like this is gonna become a term <laughs> you know but um but I but I uh yeah so in the introduction I talk about that and like how um you know I and like basically saying this project isn't an effort to create another term to respond to a term and then actually also there's like 50 other terms right now that are like so I talk about like radican art or mm -hmm. like dispersion or like mm -hmm. all these other terms that are basically trying to describe the same situation um and the reason why and then I like sort of defend like why expanded seems to speak to me and I, I, and I also talk about this in the introduction about how, like, you know, initially I was came to that term through thinking about expanded cinema, but like, you know, that's like such a different, um, like the, the 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 historical circumstances around that term, like its association with like conscious, uh, the expansion of consciousness and all this other stuff. Like, I wasn't, but I, but you know, when I was sort of, you know, in the sort of brainstorming process, that did seem like I was like, oh oh, okay, yeah. this might be what, this might be a better way of describing this for me. Um, but um, really it's, a, it, what I was trying to capture is the fact that like um, um, thinking about the internet, again, not uh, internet art, not as like uh, specifically on a website, but like how does it exist beyond that? And thinking about this expansion also, and I talk about this in depth in the book, but like um, as this thing that's like constantly living and constantly mm -hmm. interfacing with the world. Yeah. So like thinking not about like the object or the artwork as like this sort of fixed category or fixed mm -hmm. thing, but like how do we, but how do we describe an, an, um, an artwork that is like sort of living and breathing and and and, and yeah. sort of existing within um, uh, in, in in the milieu that also is like informing it as it as it goes in that way? Yeah. Cool. Maybe we can have questions from the audience if anyone or comments. <laughs> can you talk a bit about the Oh yeah. So that. Yeah, I mean, so I'm just talking about like the first. Will you repeat the question? Oh, oh, I'll repeat the question into the podcast. Hello, <laughs> hello, Rhizome listeners. Okay, sorry. Okay, <laughs> hello, Rhizome listeners. Um, the question was, um, can I talk about Liz Immaterio, which was an exhibition curated by Leotard in 1985, which I devote a whole chapter to. So one thing we've been talking basically about the first chapter, but like this book is almost uh, is basically designed as almost like case studies or kind of like. Um, so each chapter um, has a different. So the first chapter is talking about expanded internet art, basically the conversation we've had for the last 15 mm -hmm. minutes or whatever. Um, the second chapter th talks about the um, Tiziana Terranova's notion of an informational milieu and sort of um, Guibert Simondon, who is a French um, cybernetics um, theorist, um, who was kind of the origin of Tiziana Terranova's use of the notion of milieu. So I do this like whole intellectual history of like the milieu within French cybernetics and sort of a lot of his co colleagues in order to kind of clarify like what we what I mean when I'm talking about a milieu as this kind of um, space in which um, like something comes into being in direct relationship. So like um, Simone Don has like this, um, he talks a lot about how crystals are formed in the mother water as like a, as a sort of, um, as like a, uh, metaphor for like how things come into being so you're constantly sort of the, the thing is like constantly in relationship to the sort of the potentiality within within the water um, and so how do we think about our objects and, uh, and artwork like that um, and then the third chapter talks about uh, Les Materiaux which was this really important um, exhibition specifically for like new media art um, that happened at the Centre Pompidou in 1985 and basically what Leotard was trying to do was to create an exhibition that was in itself a replication of the experience of postmodernism 
and like so so like um, you know there were 61 sites with all these different texts um, like um, I, all the sites were split by um, these gray gauze screens you basically were like in drift you, also the um, it, the people who um, went to the exhibition were wearing these headsets that had like um, you know 40 different like radio stations and so you're kind of in this like um, that space um, but also the, the also that chapter is talking about sort of Leo Tard's writings about art and technology during that period, um, and um, sort of one thing that I sort of um, came to is this notion of anamnesis. So basically, so Leo Tard does this whole sort of conversation about how um, basically within our postmodern moment, like what does like criticality or what is sort of what is something that's sort of critical or criticality within that moment, um, and he talks about how like um, if if we're in a world where like everything is basically turned into information, um, then maybe um, the move is to kind of create what he calls like a breaking presence. So, and that's what he means when he talks about anamnesis is that like you have this encounter with the artwork that kind of moves you, but it's not a moving you. It's not like um, an, an engagement that like fully like shatters you as a person and then you kind of grow anew. It's sort of like this. It's like this breaking presence that's like a very sort of back and forth type, type of thing. Um, and so, um, and then I use that. And the, the the last chapter is sort of talking about this idea of like a um, um, an, uh, an image catalyst and um, and and looking um, more specifically at sort of the attention economy and and then going back to expanded internet artists and um, saying that like these artists are actually not doing enough to be critical of um, of the attention economy and so the commercial reality in which they um, are working within um, and basically asks um, um, that there's more of a conversation there um, ab about kind of like um, sort of how um, how we're sort of evolving in terms of our attention with 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 the work and then thinking about like what kind of art practices would engage both like with a mayu engage like possibly sort of create the sort of anamnesis and then also um, uh, and then also um, sort of um, like think about sort of how our sort of relationship to like reading and all these other things are, are shifting um, given um, yeah sort of given sort of our, our the shifting modes of attention um, and that's basically the book so <laughs> there you go <laughs> you yeah I mean like uh, I had a question about yeah well Oh, actually, someone else should ask questions. I've been asking questions. Yeah, yeah. And if you and also I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Nate. Sure. Yeah. I, you mentioned, you know, uh, in terms of this, this, a lot of the, these thoughts already being a few years old and stuff like that. Have you maybe seen any new works uh, since you finished writing this that maybe you thought kind of broke some of the ideas in this book, or, or what made you think internet art was going in a new direction, or you know, in terms of maybe the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, it's just one thing we, I got, I was, like I said, I was like talking at Pratt last night and we were talking about like how as an artist do you engage with the fact that something you produce is gonna, someone's just gonna look at it through Instagram and look at it through their screen. So either you resist that. Um, so um, um, there's a show that recently closed in LA by Donna Huanca and it's like this whole environment, but you weren't allowed to use your phone in that environment. So it was like really like you're engaging one-on-one -on -one with performers in the space. You're like, there's scent, there's sound, there's, you're just like in this alternate universe that she's sort of brought you into and I think the fact that there's like so either you do that and you're like leave your phone at the door we're gonna we're gonna engage one-on-one -on -one. and I think there's a real um one thing I've noticed a lot is that there's a real hunger especially uh, uh for artists to have these like really kind of close 
engagement in, a, in, a, in performance that's like really intimate and real because we are on our screens mm -hmm. so often. Um, or you go to the other extreme. Um, so I did a studio visit with an artist um, in Copenhagen this summer um, named um, Espen, and he was he's basically doing these um, performances that are super, it's, all, it's like this super extreme, um, uh, 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 like um, like happenings um, that um, they are only documented through Instagram. And so like we did the studio visit and he doesn't even have an artist website. He just has all of the highlights of the events that he does. And like he's coming out of like techno and like rave culture and that sort of like that kind of the euphoric moment of that. And he's trying to like amplify that to the extreme and like create, it's like, okay, there's like fire and there's music and there's like people in a costumes and like you're here. Like, but it's also, but it, he knows that everyone's just going to see it through their phone. So it's sort of like, okay, I'm just going to sort of lean into this being this like absolute spectacle. So it, and I'm, it's, it, I think it's fascinating that there's like, it's either one or the other, either like you are just having one-on-one -on -one experiences and that's a response to where we are, or you're just like going, you're just, this is, this is all spectacle. We are going to, we're just going to have that happen and we're going to just put it on like volume 20, you know? I think that some, it made me, it made me think of Anne Imhoff, like, oh, yeah. which I actually think kind of people I know, some people really don't like her. I think she's like fine, but um, I feel yeah. like, but I feel like the stuff that she does kind of actually cuts down the middle where it's like the way that it uses technology is very matter of fact in a way where it's sort of like, it is like a spectacle with like the dogs, like whatever, but like it also is like everyone's like communicating via their phones in order to make the performance work like and, and actually function as what it needs to be as a, like as a performance. So it's like an interesting like, like maybe like a third way between like that sort of hyper spectacleized and sort of, or hyper spectacular and um, yeah, rejecting the spectacle thing. I don't know how successful it is or how interesting of a gesture, but it's always, I always like think about how she uses phones. I think it's kind of intriguing in a way. Yeah, and I think there's also like a move to more collective practices too. Like I would, even with Donna's work, it's like mm -hmm. she um, works with performers in this very, like she basically, for each exhibition, she works with performers who are artists there. So she's basically using the opportunity of the exhibition t in this sort of act of generosity to bring people and support mm -hmm. the community there um, and have those performers have like get money and resources mm -hmm. and stuff to do their work but then also so it's like this and I see that also with like Colin Self's work too mm -hmm. like he's like siblings tour it's like he works with singers and performers in each city so instead of like the band going on tour and it's being one thing right, it's right. like sort of yeah. like how do I give but I also think that like um, all of the like this is sort of indicative of like artists who really want to have like a really kind of deep engagement in real time and real space with totally. other people and I feel like that's kind of in response to the fact that we're all all of our sort of yeah. social stuff is like one to one Absolutely. and another thing that I've or, noticed yeah. is like that a number of artists, I guess even myself included, but like have like been doing more like theatrical work and like like I think for Performa, like Bunny Rogers yeah. has like that sort of like like theater like live experience thing. I think Ed Atkins also had a theater thing. So it's like an interesting there are a lot of people who are thinking about technology or like arriving at like this like very like live experience like method to yeah, deal with that with those questions. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you so thank much. You thank you, Rhizome listeners. And thank you um, for yeah. being here and yeah. for writing this great book. Yeah, thank you. And I look forward to chatting with you guys. So thanks.